Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Take a moment and do something and then give you a few uh, additional announcements, just some reminders, and then we're going to jump into part two of our series today. But uh, we want to take a moment and pray for another church in our community. And uh, many of you know that, uh, that Lucas uh, just recently took over at Christ Community, and so today I want to pray for Christ Community Church right here in our community and just believe that God's going to uh, just show himself so real and, and uh, man, that they're going to be... They're gonna be uh, successful in everything that they do as they follow the Lord. Come on, will you stand in agreement with me on that? So let's bow our heads and let's pray for them. Lord, we thank you today for, uh, for so many incredible churches and the opportunity to gather together in this room. But Lord, we recognize that it's not about us. Lord, it's not about us. It's not about this church. It's about uh, your church. So Lord, right now we lift up Christ Community Church to you in this moment. We thank you for... Uh, their pastor and leadership and elders and congregation and Lord everybody that's a part of that body and we thank you for what you're doing Lord I pray that it would be significant in this community and for your kingdom in Jesus name come on and everybody said amen. amen and amen hey just a couple of things really quickly and then we'll get into uh, we'll get into the message I uh, want to let you know on Wednesday nights uh, impact youth meets at 6 p.m. so from 6 to 8 uh, they're here at the church. We, we love the opportunity to be a church that ministers to the entire family. Come on, birth all the way through being an adult. And so there's some way that you can get connected and that you can grow in your faith and uh, worship together. And so we love Sundays, but we love things that we have going on during the week. Grow groups are going to be kicking off uh, here in a few weeks. And that's another great way to be in community and grow together in your faith. Uh, but I want to let you know about that. Wednesdays at 6 p.m., 7th through 12th grade uh, meeting here. Um, I mentioned it last week, want to mention it again, but I um, want to tell you about our mission trip for 2023. So June the 9th through the 16th, and I'm encouraging you again. I know uh, the cost of this entire trip is $2,000, and so that covers uh, the trip, all of your food, airfare, there and back, um, everything, all those things that you'll need. Uh, the only thing in addition to that that you would need would be a passport, and so, uh, so you'll need to take care of that, but everything else is covered uh, in this cost, all the ministry we're going to be doing, all those things, and so we want you to go. We're going to be in Christiana, Jamaica, which is right in the center of Jamaica, and we're going to be at the New Vision Children's Home doing ministry for those kids and and those that are uh, that are there serving at that orphanage and the kids that are living there and uh, and just in some surrounding areas as well. And so that's June the 9th through the 16th. We want you to go. Um, if you're interested, shoot us an email. Um, let us know that you're interested in going. We're going to be here in the next few weeks. We're going to have a, a meeting where we'll gather together everybody that's, that's wanting to go on that trip, interested in going on that trip, and we'll give you some details, and, and uh, we'll start collecting deposits and things like that. And so that $2,000 doesn't have to be paid all at once. It can be paid out in increments, and we'll kind of walk you through that uh, when we meet together as well. But want to let you know about that so that you can plan to be a part of it this summer. I mentioned Grow Groups, our spring semester, February through April. If, you, uh, if you're interested in leading a group, we do require that you go through next steps before that. So if you haven't been through next steps yet, uh, you'll have to catch it this time, and then you can sign up to lead a group if, you're, if that's something the Lord's leading you to do in the next semester. Uh, but if you've been through next steps and you align with our vision and, and, uh, and, and structure and all of those things, then we would love for you to lead a group and, 
and uh, help others grow in their faith and be, dis- be discipling people and discipling each other together. And so uh, we do have on the Church Center app, if you click more and then click Grow Group Leader Forum, just fill that out with all the details for the group that you want to do. All of that goes through the process of being approved, and then it'll be online. And uh, here in the next uh, week or so, we're going to have all of those live where people can begin to join groups and sign up and, and do all that. So we're excited about being in groups this next semester. And then uh, want to hit on, you heard it in the announcements, but want to hit on this, and, and uh, our Give Big offering is in two weeks, and we tell you about this, I know this is something we do every single year, so if you've been a part of our church, you know that, that this is the thing that we do every single year, and the reason we do it is because when Jesus was, was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, he said three things, he said, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give, and so we pray and we fast and we give at the beginning of every year to honor God in those areas, we're going to honor God, we're going to push away some food, we're going to push away some bad habits, we're going to push away some things so that we can connect with God, we can feed our spirit, but not only that, we're also going to, we're going to honor God with our finances the first of the year, and so this is not a, hey, we want you to give this amount of money, no, the reason we tell you in advance and we don't wait until the day of is because we want you to pray, Paul wrote about this when he was writing to the Corinthians, he said, I don't want you to give out of compulsion, I want you to, I want you to be able to pray, like pray about what the Lord would have you to do, and then just do that. That's all, that's all we ever ask because it's a way that you're honoring God. This has nothing to do with, with anything else other than what does God want you to do to honor him? And you just be obedient to that. We believe in just being faithful and being obedient. So whatever it is that God speaks to you on that day, uh, everything that's given on that day, there'll be a, a drop-down thing even online. If you give online, you can select Give Big Offering and, and uh, it'll get categorized for that. But really the, the, the biggest thing is that we want you to pray and say, God, you are Lord, you, you own it all. It's not mine, it's yours. And so what do you want me to do to honor you at the beginning of the year? To, to launch into this year and just kind of, and it's really just saying, I want to walk in God's blessing over my finances in 2023. And so whatever that looks like for you, just pray about it. That's why we tell you in advance, why we told you back in, I think it was December that this was coming. Because we want you to have time to pray so that it's not some compulsive, like, oh my gosh, I got to give thing. No, you don't have to. We get to. We get to honor God, and so we just get to be obedient. And so just be obedient to what it is that God uh, lays on your heart on that day. And, of course, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you more about that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so last, last week we began this new series uh, on our word for the year, which is dwell. So our word for 2023 is the word dwell. And uh, the passage of Scripture that the Lord led me to when I knew that this was our word for this year was in Psalm 91. And I'm not going to read the whole thing again for the sake of time today. But uh, if you read through Psalm 91, a lot of times we claim these things and we, we hold on to these things in times of crisis and in times of, you know, in 2020, we talked about it, you saw, you know, yard signs everywhere that said Psalm 91 is just a reminder of what God has spoken and, and God's promises over our lives. And so there are a lot of things that we claim for ourselves, these promises of God, you know, we claim protection and we claim provision, we claim, you know, God covering us and saving us and that we're not going to have to fear, and that he's going to guard us, and he's going to deliver us. But if you remember last week, we talked about how if you read that chapter, really it's, it's, it's worded in a way that it's, it's almost like all of the things that we love to claim as God's protection and God's guidance and God's you know, saving us and delivering us and all these things, they're really you know, contingent upon us, uh, if you want to say it this way, meeting a condition that's mentioned at the first part of the chapter and even in the middle, and it's this right here, we're going to put it on the screen, it's he who dwells. So it says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High 
He's going to experience these things. She's going to experience these things. Like this is what, what God does for those who dwell. And we talked about how when you step out into the rain, you step out into the storm, you step out of the shelter of God, you know, you're, you're stepping into danger, honestly. I mean, like who wouldn't want to be, like in the middle of a storm, don't you want to be inside the safety of a house or inside the safety of a storm shelter? Come on, somebody. Like you want to be inside there and not out in the middle of the conditions that are going on. And so I think that, that this is, uh, this is a, uh, a condition that we need to live our lives in is dwelling in the presence of God. And last week, you know, we talked about how this word can be translated as abide or remain, but, but really commonly this word is translated as live. Like he who lives in this place, in this way, is living in the shelter of the mother. Like, like taking into consideration all of the instructions in the word of God and is living in this place. This is the person who will experience these things. And we ask these questions, you know, where do you reside? Where do you remain? Or, you know, this one, where do you keep going back to in your life? When we think about dwelling or the place that we're living, it's not what you say. What do you keep going back to in your life? That's where you dwell. That's what's important to you. That's the place that you're living. It's not that I say, I can say that I want to be here and, and my words have power. Life and death is in the tongue. But then my actions have to come alongside that, and I have to live in that way. So where do you keep going back to in your life? We, we talked about this. All, all of us, you know, most of us have a home. And so we're going back to, at the end of the day, we go back to this place. This is where I reside. This is where I remain. This is where I live. This is where I dwell. And so that's what we're talking about in this series in just some different practical ways. And then last week, we talked about how disciples deny. Disciples deny. And we talked about prayer and fasting. We said, you know, that denying ourselves is necessary, it's uncomfortable, but it's life-giving. It's something that we're called to do as followers of Jesus. It's not going to always be comfortable, the most comfortable thing, but, but you know, I heard somebody say one time that, that nothing significant for God was ever done from a comfort zone. Like God is constantly calling us out of our comfort zone into more and into greater and into his purposes. And denying ourselves is life-giving. You know, if you want to save your life, you'll actually lose it. But if you'll give up your life for me in the gospel, for my sake, you'll actually discover it. You'll actually save it. It'll actually be something that you'll experience the way it was intended to be experienced. And so today is day seven of 21 days of prayer and fasting. How you doing? <laughs> Are you experiencing the picture that was on the screen last week yet? Um, so this is, this is day seven. Of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and uh, I know many of you challenged you last week, and uh, if you haven't jumped in yet, listen, if, if you weren't here last Sunday, and you're like, oh, I didn't know we were doing this, like, jump in now. Jump in now. Don't, don't wait till 2024 or the next time that something like this happens. No, just say, like, hey, I'm going to get in right now. I'm going to, I want to be a part of this right now, but many of you are doing more uh, and following the Lord in your fast, but I kind of gave you a baseline and just want to kind of go over that for just a moment. Um, last week, or today's the seventh day of where we have, uh, we've been eliminating caffeine and sweets and, and sugars and all of those type of things, and so hopefully you've been doing that. I know a lot of you have been doing more than that, and you've been, uh, you know, last week I talked about how some of you, you know, like, you know, for you, I need to be off social media for 21 days. I just need it, right, you know? Like, for some of you, you're like, I watch way too much TV, and I need to turn the TV off and get my Bible for 21 days, and that's what I need to do, and I don't need to wait until week three to do that. I need to do that now. And so, you know, some of you are Daniel, you know, doing a Daniel fast for the entire 21 days. I don't know what you're doing, but hopefully you're doing something, but I know that some of you are doing more than, than you're just, like, you're really going after God, and so what we're going to do 
uh, in addition to the caffeine and sweets, if you're, if you're on that plan, if you will, uh, we're going to continue to do that this week, but we're also adding a food element this week. And so beginning tomorrow, um, it's caffeine and sweets, and it's going to be some kind of food element. So what does that look like? It could be for the next seven days, you know, you're just like full liquids fast, and you're not going to eat anything. It could be that for the next seven days, you're going to do a Daniel fast, and it's no meats and no sweets and no breads, and it's just fruits and vegetables, things like that. It could be sun up to sundown, and so while the sun's in the sky, you're not going to eat, and you're going to seek the Lord and take time to pray and, and worship be in the word, but, but when the sun goes down, then, then maybe you're going to eat dinner. It could be one meal a day. You know, for some of you, that may be, you know, an effective thing to where it's like, hey, I'm I, on my lunch break for that hour, instead of eating, I'm going to go to my truck or I'm going to go to, you know, the break room or whatever. I'm going to get my Bible out and I'm going to read scripture and I'm going to pray and I'm going to be intentional with that time. I don't know what that looks like for you. Just ask the Lord what he wants you to do. But we're adding that in this week all the way through next Sunday. And then the following week, we're going to be uh, jumping in on the technology side and and with television and you know, social media and, and different things like that. want to let you know about that. Let's, let's just continue to deny our flesh and feed our spirit. Let's push ourselves. Come on, push yourself. Push yourself. You can do it. You can do more than you think you can do. Your flesh will tell you that you cannot do more than you think you can do. Your body will start talking to your brain. Come on, somebody. And telling it. You're going to die. <laughs> like, if you don't get a cup of coffee tomorrow morning, you're going to die. Listen to me. Everybody look like, everybody looking right here. You will not die. I promise you, okay? Like, you're going to be okay. But let's push ourselves, right? Denying ourselves, it's not a comfortable thing to do, but it's a necessary thing to do. It's a life-giving thing to do. And then tonight, from 6 to 7, we're going to have a time of prayer right here in this room. And we want you to be here. And listen, don't, don't, I'm just going to be blunt, okay? Don't make excuses. This is an opportunity to draw closer to the Lord. Don't not come. I said this, I said this last week and I think maybe the week before. Don't not come to prayer because you don't think you know how to pray. And if I show up in a room and everybody, because this is what the enemy will do. Every, you're going to show up and everybody else is going to know how to pray. So you better not go because you're going to look like an idiot. Come on, anybody heard that lie over the last seven days? You've been thinking about prayer night coming up, and you're like, I don't know how to pray. Listen, let's all show up tonight. Let's, let's fill the room with God's, you know, praises and worship and prayer, and, and let's, learn, let's learn to pray together. We're going to have, you know, some structured element to it. Also believe, you know, like if you're needing God to do something in your body or in your life or whatever, we want to have a time where, where you can receive prayer as well. And so it's going to be an intentional time for an hour. We're really going to seek God, and we're going to pray, and we're going to believe for healing, and we're going to believe for miracles, and we're going to believe for God to, to touch our finances, and we're going to believe for all these things. And so we're going to have a great time in the presence of God. So be here tonight at 6 o'clock uh, for prayer. Let's show up, and let's learn to pray together. All right, so I want to I begin part two of our series in, uh, in a couple of places, Hebrews chapter 12, and then we're going to be in Psalm 84. So Hebrews chapter 12 and the Psalm 84. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, the first two verses, it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run. Somebody say run. run. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. 
Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Now, how many of you know that God has a plan for your life? God has a purpose for your life. God, there is a race for you to run, okay? There's a race for you to run. And the writer is saying, hey, let us get rid of everything that's holding us back so that we can run the race that, that, that our heavenly father has set before us. Now, look at, look at Psalm 84. And I want to read, we'll read the, the whole thing, or 1 through 12. It says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body, and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord of heaven's armies, my king and my God. What joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. O Lord God of heaven's armies, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Jacob. O God, look with favor upon the king, our shield. Show favor to the one you have anointed. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Now on the surface, <laughs> we read these two passages, okay? And it seems like there's a tension. Because we read one where it's talking about running the race. Run, like get up and do something. Get up and run. Get up and go, like follow after Jesus. Run the race that's before you. And then we read in this psalm where the psalmist is, is talking about this dwelling place. This place where... God dwells and wanting to be in the presence of God and so on the surface it seems like okay am I supposed to run or am I supposed to dwell come on anybody anybody ever feel this tension in your life you you wake up in the morning and you're like I need to dwell but I got a lot of running to do today and so which one do I do? And so it seems like there's this tension. And so today I want to preach to you on this subject. I've titled the message, Walk with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Um, now, when I think about walking with the Lord, I think about Adam and Eve. Come on, if you read in the book of Genesis, I think about Adam and Eve who would walk with God. God would walk with them in the cool of the day. You know, there was fellowship with God there. When I think about walking with the Lord, I think about Enoch. Come on, anybody ever read about Enoch, I just want to read a couple of verses. This is Genesis 5, 23 and 24. It says, Enoch lived 365 years. Come on, say, that's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Enoch was somebody who walked in close fellowship with God. Enoch was not somebody who said, hey God, how are you today? I'll see you at 9 p.m. He walked in close fellowship with God. 
When I think about walking with the Lord, I think about Noah. Look at this, Genesis 6, 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time, and he what? Walked in close fellowship with God. He was walking with God in his life. When I think about walking with the Lord, I think about Abraham and his fellowship with God. I think about Moses and his closeness with God. I think about Joshua and his dependence on God. I think about David and his heart after God. Come on, we can go through all of these different biblical characters. When you think about walking with the Lord, you can pick out all of these that, man, it was like, man, they had a relationship with God. They had fellowship with God. They were walking with the Lord. So I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about this idea of walking with the Lord. And I've just got two things that I want to share with you uh, today, and then we'll, we'll pray and, and uh, be done. But here's point number one. Walk before you run. Walk before you run. We're talking about walking with the Lord. Here's the first thing that I feel like you need to know, that I feel like the Lord put on my heart to share with you today, is you need to walk before you run. Now, we read earlier in Hebrews 12 that we're called to run this race. But listen to me. Listen. Before you can run your race, you have to walk. Before you can take off running, in the direction that God has for you, you have to learn how to walk. You've got to walk before you run. And here's what I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart as I was preparing this message. This is how, this is how I just sensed it in my spirit. Many people haven't been able to effectively run the race that I have for them because they aren't walking with me. They're running, and we'll say things like, well, how are you doing? I'm just, just busy. So busy. Heard somebody say one time, they said, busy, it's almost like a medal of honor now. You know, it's like we're passing them out. Like, you're busy. Oh, you must be important because you're busy. And I just felt like the Lord impressed on my heart that there are a lot of people that, man, you're trying to run your race. But it's a struggle to run your race, and you can't effectively run your race because you're not walking with him. The psalmist in Psalm 84, he, he, he made these statements. He said, how lovely is your dwelling place, O oh Lord. You only know something's lovely if you've been there. You only know something is lovely and can write something like this, like, oh, I just love to be. How lovely is the place where God is? You have to have been there to know. He says, he says something like this, and better is a single day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. He says, I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of God than be doing anything else. Like, give me the lowest position but in God's presence. And that will be better than any success that I could experience running after it in this life. Just let me sit at the gate in God's presence. I'd rather, be, I'd rather spend one day in the presence of God than a thousand days anywhere else. The dwelling place is the place where God is. And here's what I think the psalmist is saying. If we could just put it, this is just in my language. This is what I think he's saying. I want to be where God is. He's writing this, and this is, this is, what, I, this is what I hear. I, I want to be where God is. If God's not there, I don't want to be there. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to be dwelling in the presence of God. I want to be in his 
presence. Now, have you ever been, you ever been running for the Lord? Come on, you ever been running for the Lord only to discover that he wasn't there? You ever been just trying to, you know, I think about what, what the, the Jesus is having a conversation. They say, Lord, Lord, we like, we, we cast out demons and we did all this in your name. We did all that in your name. And Jesus looks at him and says, I didn't know you. I didn't know you. You were running. Oh, you were running. But we never walked together. We, we didn't have relationship together. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know you. Sometimes I think we can run for the Lord only to discover later on that he wasn't even in it. We were just running. We got to walk before we run. Better is one day spent in the presence of the Lord than a thousand days anywhere else. And it's hard to run our race if we've never learned to walk with the Lord first. I was, man, I was thinking about even just exercise, okay? There's a lot of us probably exercising right now because it's January. And I would encourage you, stick with it, okay? And February is a great month to exercise, too. Um, I'm preaching to myself. But I think about when I go out and go out for a run. Anybody ever go out for a run? <laughs> like, run? You go out for a run? And don't let me fool you, okay? Like, I don't go out every day and run. Somebody are like, well, he just, well, our pastor, he just goes out and runs every day. And, and no, he doesn't, okay? But you ever, you ever go out for a run? What do you? What do you do first, right? Come on. If you're smart, you're going to stretch. And you're going to walk a little bit. <laughs> get your heart going. Especially if you've, just, if you've just gotten up. Let's get the heart going. Let's stretch a little bit before we run. We're going to walk before we run. I was thinking when we were going to, before we, we moved and it became a little more difficult to, to get to an actual gym. <laughs> um, we, we would be in the gym like every single day and get on the treadmill first and just kind of get things going. And before we would ever run, before we'd ever do anything else, we would walk. We'd find that pace where we're walking and we're getting, we're getting things moving, getting our heart moving. We would walk before we would run, before we would do all of the other things, we would walk first. I, I was even thinking about with our kids. Come on, all the parents in the room. Your child doesn't run before they walk. How crazy would it be Little Johnny, little Johnny's 10 months old, and we get frustrated at little, Johnny, why are you not running? Johnny hasn't even walked yet. He's not going to run before he walks. We've got to learn, listen to me, to walk with the Lord before we can run for him. And there are some of us that are in a struggle right now because we have been running but not walking. And we have to walk before we run. There are, you know, just some practical examples, and these were just a few practical examples of walking before running, but man, our Christian lives, in our Christian lives, walking represents our time spent with the Lord. It's fellowship with God, it's closeness with God, it's time spent with God. Let me ask you this question, how close are you to your heavenly father. I mean you read through different passages in the Bible. And, and biblical characters. People from the Old Testament and the New. And they walked in close fellowship with God. They were connected 
with God. They were walking with him. And for some of us, come on, we're passionate about doing what the Lord wants us to do with our lives. I think there are a lot of us in the room, we're passionate, like we want to do what God wants us to do. We want to be in God's will. We want to be running the race that God has for us. And sometimes we even get frustrated. We're like, God, I just want to know what you want me to do. I just want to know what you want me to do. Listen, you know how you know what God wants you to do and what the race is that he has for you? You walk with him. You walk with him. And he tells you, and he guides you, and he leads you, and you're running the race, but you have to walk first. What if the purpose you're seeking in your life is waiting for you in your walking with the Lord? What if the strength that you've been seeking to step into your race is waiting for you in your walking with the Lord? And I was just thinking about this, what happens when we go for a walk with someone? Anybody like to go for walks with people? You just enjoy going for a walk with somebody and, and whatever. And, I, and one writer said it this way, and I love this picture of the importance of walking and how he ties it together uh, with what walking with God looks like. He says, imagine that you and a close friend are enjoying a walk down a country lane. You're in close proximity. You talk, you laugh, you listen, and you share your hearts. Your, your attention is focused on this person to the exclusion of almost everything else. You notice the beauty around you or an occasional distraction, but only to point it out to your companion. You share it together, you're in harmony, and you both enjoy the peaceful camaraderie. Walking with God is like that. When we enter into an intimate heart relationship with God through faith in His Son, He becomes our heart's greatest desire. Knowing Him, hearing His voice, sharing our hearts with Him, and seeking to please Him become our all-consuming focus. He becomes everything to us. Meeting with Him is not actively reserved for Sunday morning. We live to fellowship with Him. A.W. Tozer states that the goal of every Christian should be to live in a state of unbroken worship. This is only possible when we walk with God. I was thinking about times that, that we've gone for walks and we don't do it as enough. We don't do it as much as we ought to. But I was thinking about whenever we go for a walk and some of, the, some of the things that we've even experienced. And we've talked about this even after the fact, right? You go for a walk and we'll talk more. We connect more. We laugh together. We encourage each other. We're focused on each other. We share our victories, we share our struggles, we share what's on our mind, like in the process of walking together. This is what it looks like to walk with the Lord. Walking with the Lord is not a complicated thing. It's sharing your life with Him. It's opening yourself up to Him. It's, it's taking the time to get in His presence and spending the time with Him. And I think this is such a beautiful picture of what it means to walk with the Lord. Um, I love what Moses said to God in Exodus 33, just this one verse that I want to pull out here. Then Moses said, look at what he said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Moses is having this conversation with God, and Moses is saying this, he says, and, and this is how I put it in my own terms, he says, I'm not going to run before I know you're in it. I'm not going to take off running unless you're going with me. Unless I've taken the time to know that this is what you've called me to do. I've spent my time with you. I've walked with you. And because I have walked with you, now I'm going to run this race. Moses made this statement. It wasn't while he was running that he made this statement. It was while he was having conversation with the Lord. And we have to learn to walk before 
we can run. If we don't walk with the Lord, sometimes we end up running the wrong race because we didn't walk before we ran. And we're running a race that's exhausting us. We're running a race that we were never called to run because we didn't take time to walk. Look at what uh, Jesus, what we can learn from his life and his actions. You know, just a few things. Jesus was led to the wilderness and spent time with his heavenly father praying and fasting before he started his ministry and started running his race. Jesus is baptized and spirit leads him into the wilderness and he's there for 40 days and he's tempted by the devil and he's, he is there spending time with his heavenly father, denying himself, spending time with his heavenly father before he steps into ministry, before he steps into what it is that he's about to do. Look at this verse also, Luke six twelve. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. All night. You know what Jesus did after he prayed to God all night? He chose 12 apostles. Before he went and did what he knew he needed to do, it says he got away and he prayed to his heavenly father. He spent the entire night in prayer. He knew the most important thing that I can do is fellowship with my heavenly father because he's going to give me direction. He's going to give me guidance. He's going to give me the how and the when and the where and the what for the race I'm called to run. Listen, some of us have been seeking out the how and we've been seeking the when and we've been seeking the where and we've been seeking the what. And the Lord's invitation to, to you today is like, hey, that comes as you walk with me. Let's walk together. Let's walk together. We're called to run the race that's set before us, but our prior priority should first be to walk with the Lord before we run. So we got to walk before we run. And here's point number two. Seems so simple. We've got to walk while we run. You've got to walk before you run, and you've got to walk while you run. Now, back in, back in Hebrews 12, you know, we read about this race that we're called to run, and in verse 2, it makes this statement says, we do this by what? Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Run this race, strip off everything that is holding you back, all of these things that are keeping you from running this race, and here's how you do it. We do all of this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. In other words, while we are running the race that we're called to run, we have to continually come back to our time of walking with the Lord. Continually come back to our time of walking with the Lord. Um, you, ever, you ever found yourself running in life? Working for the Lord? But you were worn out while you were doing it and becoming frustrated along the way? You've been, you've been running what you, what you felt like was your race, and you spent time with the Lord, and you, were, you, had, you had walked with the Lord at one point in your life, and you knew this is God's direction for my life, and you took off running, and you became weary, and you became worn out, and you started getting frustrating about the race that you're running. See, earlier I made mention that some of us are passionate about doing what the Lord wants us to do, but we're not sure exactly what it is because we haven't taken time to walk with Him. And here's the thing, for others of us, we know the race we're called to run, but we're striving and completely exhausted because we've stopped dwelling and walking with the Lord. So we got some direction, and we never checked back in with God. We never took a moment to sit down again 
and say, today, I need to take a moment and dwell in the presence of God. I need to walk with the Lord today. Then I'm going to go run my race. Tomorrow, I need to walk with the Lord today so that I can run the race that I'm called to. And some of us, we get direction and we take off running and then it's like, it's like in essence we kind of forget about God because we're doing things for God but we have forgotten about our relationship with God and we've stopped walking in the process of all of the running that we've been doing sometimes what starts out as running our race can easily slip into this mode of striving to make something happen And we've slipped into striving to make something happen. I love what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 46. Come on, you, you know this. You could quote this verse in your sleep. This verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Now listen, this isn't about laziness. It's about priority. Be still and know that I am God is not never do anything. It's, no, remember who's in control. In the midst of your fighting, in the midst of your, you know, and even, the I love the context of this psalm uh, and the statements that are made leading up to this. Says, like, he says things like, God is our refuge, and God is our strength, and God helps us, and his works are glorious. And then after declaring these things about God, it's almost like a response that God is coming to him with. It's like, God is our refuge, God is our strength, you know, he's our help. He's all of these things. His works are glorious. And then we see this uh, where it's almost like a response to what the psalmist has been declaring about him. He says, and I picture it this way in my mind. He's like, yeah, you're right. Now be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that everything that you just wrote down about me is true. Be still and know that I am God. You know how the 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 new american standard bible translates this phrase be still you know what it says two words it says cease striving whoo doesn't that put a whole nother perspective on it because we think of be still we're like okay i'm just supposed to sit here and do nothing no it's it's more of a posture of your heart and a posture of your life it's not that i'm supposed to sit here and do nothing it's that the posture of my heart and the posture of my life is that I'm, not, I'm going to cease striving and recognize that he's God. And can we say it this way? And I am not. I'm going to be still. I'm going to cease striving and I'm going to sit down. I'm going to slow down. And I'm going to recognize that he is God and I am not God. Come on, isn't it easy? We would never say it this way. Isn't it easy to start thinking that you're God? Well, I know I've been going and I've been pushing and I've been doing all this or whatever. And, and, and you start thinking that you can do it in your own power. And you start thinking that you've got enough energy to just make it happen. And you start thinking that I really only need three hours of sleep because I've got so much to do for God. And we start putting ourselves in the position and... and and here's what I think the Lord's invitation is to some of us today. Be still and know that I'm God and you're not. Cease striving 
and recognize that I'm God and you are not. I felt like as I was preparing this and regarding our word for 2023, I felt like the Lord was just kind of impressing this on my heart that people are weary and exhausted because they haven't ceased their striving and they haven't learned to draw their strength from me. And you're trying to pull strength from an empty well. And you won't find it there. You won't find it there. We've got to learn how to walk with the Lord. And even while we're running, that we can still walk with the Lord. Listen, the strength to run your race comes from your time of walking with the Lord. The endurance to run your race comes from your time of walking with the Lord. And while we are running the race that we're called to run, we have to continually keep coming back to our time of walking with the Lord. I'm going to bring the worship team back. We have to keep coming back. Where do you keep coming back to? This has got to be a place that you keep coming back to. When we think about dwelling, we think about living, the place where we dwell, the place where we live. Where do I keep going back to? I have to keep going back to my walk with the Lord. My closeness, my fellowship, my communion, my relationship with the Lord. I've got to keep going back there. I think that Jesus was a great example of this with his heavenly father while he walked on the earth, right? Jesus was running his race while constantly coming back to fellowship with his heavenly father. Just a few instances that I pulled out here that I want to share with you. You know, Jesus is, he's just been teaching. He's performed the miracle that fed the 5,000, which most theologians would believe was fifteen to 20,000 people because it doesn't include women and children. And so he's been teaching all of these people. These people have just been fed. And then after this, this hard work, if we could say it that way, this is what the Bible says. This is Mark chapter 6. It says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, what did he do? He went up into the hills by himself to pray. Jesus has been running. Now it's time to walk with the Lord. He came back to that place. In another instance, Jesus knows you know, that his time has come. He's in distress. And this is what the Bible says. Come on, anybody ever felt like you were in distress? You ever felt like you were in distress? Jesus is in some distress. And this is what the Bible says, Luke 22 then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual. Come on, somebody say as usual. Whoo, don't read over the fact that Jesus went to this place as he usually did. Like this wasn't a one-time occurrence. It says he, he went out, he left and he went out to this place as usual. He went and he got in his prayer chair as usual. He slowed down and he took time to fast and pray as usual. What is your as usual? Jesus is going out, says, he left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. One of my, one of my favorite Verses to remember in the Bible is found in Luke chapter 5. And it's just this one simple verse. It's verse 16. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. 
Jesus was running his race. And in the midst of running his race, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. I'm running, I'm working hard, I'm following Jesus, but I'm going to often withdraw for times of prayer, for times of walking with the Lord. Walking with the Lord. I, I heard it this way in my mind, that you can only run for so long, and you can either choose to walk, or you'll pass out. And there are many Christians passing out. Because we're trying to run without walking. We're trying to run this race without real relationship with our Heavenly Father. We're trying to run this race without a real connection and fellowship daily with God. We cannot be people who are so busy running that we forget to walk. Will you stand to your feet today? I think as I was praying about how to end this message, and I know this has been a little bit different today, but man, I felt so strongly that, that the Lord wanted to speak to us on this idea of making time to walk with Him. In the midst of life, in the midst of the crazy, in the midst of the hustle and the bustle, in the midst of everything that you feel like you're called to do, even for Him, there has to be time that you, you walk with Him and you fellowship with Him and you listen to me and you laugh with Him and you cry with Him and you just take a moment and you say like the psalmist said in 84, like how lovely is your dwelling place. I want to be where you are. I've just got to get, come on, what would it look like for a church full of people to just make the decision and to say this and to live this way. I just have to be where God is. I just have to be where God is. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. And I just felt like this is the way that the Lord would have us in the services. We're gonna, we're gonna have an opportunity to, for you to receive prayer but I just felt like there were probably some people here that you need to come back to the place of walking with the Lord. You need to come back to the place of walking with the Lord. And here's my prayer for you, that as you, as you spend this time fasting and, and praying and really seeking God, and I know there are probably many of you that it's a struggle to pray and you really don't even know how to pray and you don't even know what that looks like and we're gonna try to help you with that. But as you go through this time, that you would draw closer to God and God's going to draw closer to you and that you would develop a habit of walking with the Lord. Walking with the Lord. Dwelling in His presence. Sometimes just sitting in His presence. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. We're going to give you an opportunity to receive prayer. But I just want you right where you are, especially as we sing this last song, to just ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What does it look like for me to walk with you? Maybe some of you, listen, maybe this is some of us in the room and we just need to repent because we have turned away from walking with the Lord. 
And God's not mad at you today, but he's inviting you back in. And here's, I, I just feel like this is the Lord's invitation for somebody, maybe even just one person. Maybe you, you just hear it this way. The Lord's just saying, can we go for a walk? Can we go for a walk? Can we go for a walk? As we start 2023, can we start walking together? Can we start having regular time together? Can we start having intentional time together? Can we go for a walk? And I want to invite you again, and I know, I know for some of you it's a struggle. I know it. But I want to invite you here tonight at 6 o'clock. Whether you think you know how to pray or you are scared out of your mind to come to something where people are going to be praying to be here listen we're going to be intentional I'm going to try to help you we're going to pray for God to do what only God can do if you need healing in your body or you need you know you know God to touch your mind or you need restoration in a relationship or whatever like like come tonight let us pray for you tonight Let's join together and pray tonight at 6 o'clock. And let's see what God can do when his people join together to just seek his face and honor him and love on him and bless him and believe that he can do what he said that he can do. Amen. So, Lord, right now we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are not the God way out there. But you are God with us, and you want to have relationship with us, and you want to have closeness with us. And Lord, if there are those of us in the room that feel like you are distant, Lord, help us to recognize that it's not you who has moved, that you are still here. Lord, help us to turn our eyes and our attention back to you. Maybe we've walked away from walking with you. And at one point, we were intentional about our time with you, but now we've become lackadaisical about it or we've kind of forgotten about you lord that we would come back as we begin 2023 we would come back to walking with you that today we would accept your invitation to go for a walk with you and lord as we do that that you would show us the direction that you have for us to run our race but lord as we run our race let us not forget to come back and walk with you to have our time with you to be intentional about it. And Holy Spirit, I pray today, if there's any person here today who has a need in any area of their life and they need prayer, that you would draw them for prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.